Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. And you're probably listening to this right around the time that many of you are celebrating Christmas. It is that time of year again, and it's a special time of year. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of togetherness, I hope. Uh, But, you know, it brings to mind certain familiar stories. And with many apologies to Charles Dickens, I always draw on one of my favorites, the classic, A Christmas Carol, because there are so many lessons to be taken uh, from that novella, that story he wrote uh, about Ebenezer Scrooge and the journey he goes on. So let's let's look at it, and let's look at some of the lessons we can take away in the context of the later in life planning show. What what could someone planning for the later years of life take from Charles Dickens and that story? And you know the story: a cold Christmas Eve in London found Ebenezer Scrooge in his old ways, hunched over his desk. He had no time for distractions like Christmas celebrations. Scrooge was offended that his underpaid clerk, Bob Cratchit, asked for a day off on Christmas Day to spend time with family. There was money to be made, Scrooge was thinking. So Scrooge brushed off a request for donations to support poor children. He refused to turn up the heat in the office. His focus remained, as it always had been, on his business, making money. By the end of A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge became a changed man. His heart opened, and he generously donated to support poor children. He increased Bob Cratchit's wages. Scrooge showed concern for other people before his own selfish desires. Now, how did an aging curmudgeon like Scrooge make such a major change on Christmas? He was startled but still unchanged by a vision of his deceased business partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob appeared under the heavy burden of chains and coin boxes. Old Marley was warning Scrooge of the consequences of a life focused only on getting rich. The change in Scrooge did not happen, though, until he was visited by three ghosts. One showed him a time in the past when Scrooge still had a heart for other people. The next ghost showed Scrooge the suffering that he had the power to relieve in the present. Still, Scrooge would not have his big change until the final ghost appeared. The ghost of Christmas yet to come silently revealed to Scrooge a very sad scene. There was Scrooge's grave, visited by no one. People were happy that Scrooge had died. This vision of the future was was really dark. It was bleak. Scrooge had caused these people misery, and now that problem was gone from their lives. Jacob Marley's warning came true in the end. So, of course, Scrooge was horrified. He had never realized that this was the legacy he was making for himself. By revealing where things were heading for Scrooge, the ghost of Christmas yet to come had provided a wake-up call. How do I tie this into the Later in Life Planning Show or what we do at Keystone Elder Law? All over central Pennsylvania, 
There are people with struggles waiting for them in the future. These people, our neighbors, our families, are heading toward a troubled legacy. It is not happening without warning. They are receiving visits from the Jacob Marleys in their lives, urging them to take action and change their course. To our neighbors, Jacob Marley may be an aging parent who has developed dementia. Our neighbors struggle to understand their parents' finances and run into roadblocks when arranging care and support. The high cost of long-term care clanks in their minds like Marley's chains. Jacob Marley appears to some people while they are trying to settle the estate of someone who never organized their property. Marley may show up in the late-night worries about the kind of support that a disabled child will need after the parent has died. Do these people have a breakthrough moment like Ebenezer Scrooge did? Do they make major changes by developing a plan for their own future? Does their experience with Jacob Marley cause them to think of their own family and have the compassion to make life easier for the people around them? No, it has not become clear to our neighbors, our family members sometimes, that the future could be bleak. The troubles they witness seem like something that only happens to other people. They need a visit from the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Being the ghost ghost of Christmas yet to come is a role we take very seriously at Keystone Elder Law. A vision of Jacob Marley causes enough concern for people to contact us, but people need to understand how their current situation plays out into the future if they make no changes. Middle-class Pennsylvanians face predictable, often expensive threats in the later years of life. When people take no steps to shield themselves from those threats, the troubling vision of the future includes a family worried sick about dwindling bank accounts because of the high cost of care. As the ghost of Christmas yet to come, we at Keystone Elder Law have met with the frustrated children trying to manage an unprepared parent's money and care decisions. We have seen the consequences of large gifts or transferred property when the parent needs Medicaid to pay for long-term care. We have watched as brothers and sisters stopped speaking to each other, the legacy of a parent who never took the time to plan an estate that was fair to all family members. Just as Scrooge refused for so long to consider anything but his single-minded pursuit of money, Many people stubbornly refuse to think about planning a more secure future for their families. Doing so requires stepping back from daily life, seeing the big picture, and having the compassion to wonder how life could be better for other people. We show you this vision of your future with no intention to scare you, of course. We do not wake anyone up in the middle of the night like the ghosts in A Christmas Carol did. I should also note, as the owner of Keystone Elder Law, that I'm, I try not to be Ebenezer Scrooge. I keep the temperature in the office comfortable, and my, my wonderful team members have time off with their families for the holidays. But I do take very seriously the role of showing people what this future might look like, how it often is bleak because we see those situations in real time, in the present, 
with a lot of families. And I want other people to know about that. I want to be the ghost of Christmas yet to come so that that's not the future. That's not the the dark picture like what Scrooge saw, even if that's what caused a dramatic change. I urge you to consider a visit with us or with another elder law attorney as your own ghost of Christmas yet to come. Scrooge's dramatic change of heart on Christmas Day was a happy ending. By taking action and making changes, his impact on people around him became a force for good instead of misery. We believe that you could make changes and secure a happy future. Maybe the vision that that makes that happen will happen because you attended one of our weekly online workshops. And I say this every single week, inside out, uh, with this show. Uh, You go to keystoneelderlaw.com and use the workshops tab, and you can get registered, and I'll show you the vision of the future that I see all the time uh, becoming real for people in the present. And then you can work backwards like Scrooge did, and you can make a new future because you there are there are planning tools. There are ways to avoid a bleak future. Maybe you'll join a Facebook group I started a long time ago called the Later in Life Planning and Resources Group. Maybe you just keep listening to this show, and I hope you'll share it with other people. Share the show, spread the, the word, because we're trying to show a vision of the future. However the vision begins for you, I hope that you'll find some peace of mind when you know that you are taking care of the people you love. I would go so far as to say that is Keystone Elder Law's Christmas wish for you. Of course, that vision of Jacob Marley shows that you can only change and and make a better future when you're both willing and able. Marley explained to Scrooge that he was just like Scrooge in life. In his life, he he never went out of his way to help people. He only discovered his faults after he died, and now he must wander the earth weighed down by a heavy chain. I wonder whether that heavy chain represents regret. But my Christmas wish for you is that you find a vision of the future that makes you willing and motivated to do something while you can. Whether it's this show, whether it's a a weekly online workshop or a seminar offered by Keystone Elder Law, whether it's just conversations with your family and seeing them, maybe the older adults and and what they're going through, it, it is a vision that you can change your present for a better future. Speak more about A Christmas Carol and the ghost of fu- of Christmas yet to come when I come back from a break. This is the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Thanks for listening. This is the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Cauley. We are speaking today on the Later in Life Planning Show about those powerful ghosts who presented a vision of the past, the present, and Christmas yet to come to Ebenezer Scrooge and the dramatic impact it had on this person who so single-mindedly focused on what he wanted and his business and making money. And and by the end of the story, he, he, he approached his present life in a totally different way. And that is my vision as an elder law attorney for so many people in central Pennsylvania to have a vision of the way things could possibly turn out so that you can work backwards from that, recoil from it, 
even, just like uh, Ebenezer Scrooge did, and come up with a better way to arrange for a better future. And it's interesting because Charles Dickens was not just a writer of fiction. He wasn't just telling stories. He was a rather sharp critic of government, the legal system, and really how society treated the less fortunate. He was writing, and and A Christmas Carol was published in 1843, and that was a time known in England as the Hungry Forties. It was a time of inequality. It was a time where there was a huge gap between the rich and the poor, a gap between the employers and the workers, kind of like Scrooge and Bob Cratchit. And maybe you see some similarities to uh, what we're going through today. It depends who you're listening to, I guess. But I wonder what Charles Dickens would say about the system we have in this country. I mean, throughout A Christmas Carol, Scrooge is talking about how the poor belong in prisons and workhouses. Well, let's turn the focus on, on you know, the middle class uh, who tend to be my clients at Keystone Elder Law and you know what happens in the later years of life when the chances of needing an extra level of support an extra level of care goes way way up where the chances of having dementia are 1 in 3 and the chances of needing uh long term care approach 70% what would scrooge before his vision of those ghosts say about that he'd probably say you know come up with some sort of warehousing solution but but of course at Keystone Elder Law we're looking for much better solutions than that and you know but this is what we're up against the single greatest expense and burden on the middle class in this country is long-term care you know and I'll tell you a story of a a family I encountered not long ago where the mother was around 90 years old she had been spending her own money on nursing home care and getting excellent care at a at a wonderful uh, skilled nursing facility in central Pennsylvania. But she was running out of money. And, you know, the adult children were, were okay. They, they weren't greedy. They weren't thinking, we want to get some sort of inheritance. Uh, they wanted what was best for mom, and that's the way it should be. But, you know, part of them was thinking, I don't think that that this is what mom worked all those years for and their deceased father worked all these years for so that all of their money can be gone uh, in a matter of a relatively short amount of time because the care that she was receiving was costing $14,000 every month. And, you know, that's pretty typical throughout South Central Pennsylvania and, and more expensive in other parts of Pennsylvania. So, so here's this 90-year-old woman who needs skilled nursing care. She's running out of money. What's the one remaining resource that the family really has not just a monetary interest in, but a sentimental interest in? Land. She she had land that had been in the family for quite a long time. And if you looked at sort of an aerial view of the county in which she lives, this land is surrounded by very dense residential development and i'm sure that that many a residential developer has salivated over the land that this woman owns and and hopefully keeps in the family and the adult children are thinking you know we'd kind of like to hold on to this family land uh but that's the one thing there's no home on this land and that's the one way that she would be able to exempt 
her land from the harsh Medicaid rules in this country. And this is where Dickens would have something to say, I'm sure. So she's being forced to sell the family land if she wants to have Medicaid take over the cost of her care once she runs out of money. That's the way it works in this country. She's so so she either has to sell it, get top dollar from those developers. She can't just give it to the children because the Medicaid rules bar gifting. So, you know, in short, I'll recap what what Dickinson would be looking at. Charles Dickens would be shaking his head at this, but the single most predictable and expensive threat for the middle class, it'll actually wipe out everything you've spent your life saving. If you need uh, help in paying for long-term care, what if you have a spouse still living at home? Are they going to go into poverty? Um, you know, are your adult children going to be losing every sentimental attachment to what was family land? Well, they look at your income, so your Social Security, your pension, you turn that over to the nursing home. And, you know, the nursing homes should get paid for the, the wonderful care that, that many of them provide. They, they're, they're doing heroic work, especially since the, uh, the pandemic. People going in and, and providing care uh, in that environment, it takes uh, a special kind of compassion. So you turn over your income. That won't come anywhere near, I'm guessing, for you uh, paying a $14,000 bill every single month. But that's okay because Medicaid will pay thousands of dollars on top of your income. But then they move on to everything you own. They will overlook a uh, a piece of land that has your primary residence on it, at least for eligibility. So this woman, if, she, if that had been her home before she went to the nursing home, they would overlook it at least to get her eligible and they would be paying for the cost of care. But if it doesn't have your primary residence on it, then forget it. If it's a beach house, if it's family land, in this case farmland, doesn't have your residence on it, you are forced to sell it and use the money for your care before Medicaid will kick in and pay this uh, very hefty bill once a month. So this woman has this land and she's not allowed to have it if Medicaid is going to pay thousands of dollars every month for her care. So she has to sell it. And she can't give it to her children because the third rule after income and everything you own is they're going to look back five years and they want to know did you transfer anything out of your name and then apply to the government saying well now I'm poor pay for my care so they they discourage in the form of a penalty period where you have to pay privately for care at 14,000 a month uh, any gifting they, they count up all your gifting and they figure out how long do you have to pay privately before Medicaid will kick in. So you can't just gift the land to the children or else uh, she'll never get eligible. The, the gifting period would take a very long time. And here's the thing. If you outlive your spouse, as this woman did, and, and it's your primary residence, say you don't have a vacation property, you don't have uh, you know, family land, you just have your primary residence. Okay, but she outlived uh, her, her spouse, as, as happens all the time. Now the primary residence is is overlooked for eligibility, but at the end of your life, Medicaid tries to get paid back. They come after your estate. So let's say this 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 fact uh, the facts were different here, and this woman didn't just have this uh, rather large uh, piece of land, but rather a modest uh, plot of land with a house on it. Well, 
she could get eligible for Medicaid. They'd pay the bills. And that's great news until she dies owning the house. And now the government says sell that house and turn over all the money to us to pay us back for the care. So you're, again, if you want to save anything in the value of of the house, you you have to sell it. And then we can only save about uh, roughly half of the value. So think of the value of your home. Now, what's half of it? Could be a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars gone from your family. What would Charles Dickens say about that? I'm sure he would he would come up with a a colorful cast of characters to tell the story about how the middle class is really uh, getting taken advantage of here, and there's got to be a better way. Uh, of course, you know, if the ghost of Christmas yet to come had visited this woman, let's say five, ten years ago. It would have showed this future where this land that the family loved so much and which has been a preserve against, you know, the surrounding development. If she wanted to keep it in the family, 100 percent of the value, not being forced to sell it, not uh, not losing half the value or all the value. Well, all she had to do was put it into an asset protection trust. And I spend most of my waking hours at Keystone Elder Law drafting these trusts because This is what the rules force us to do. We have to do this planning where we put the house in a trust. Now it's out of your name. It's certainly not in your name and your estate when you pass away. So Medicaid does not get paid back from your house when you outlive your spouse. And, and, you know, it's, it's on the chopping block for the Medicaid rules. This is the harsh system that, that we're working with here. So I wish the ghost of Christmas yet to come had, had visited this woman five years ago, but it's more like a Jacob Marley situation now where, you know, the wake-up call is being provided, but there's nothing that can be done about it. And again, my Christmas wish for you is that you see the vision of the future long before this woman and many people like her have so you can do something about it. More on the Christmas yet to come and the, the vision of the ghost when we come back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Let's get back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, a Christmas edition, as you can tell from the music and from my description. However, uh, ham-handed I'm doing this, of how Charles Dickens's story, A Christmas Carol, really applies to everything I'm trying to do with this show, with all kinds of free education we provide through online workshops, which you can find at our website, keystoneelderlaw.com, uh, where I teach people about what I see happening all the time because of the rule books that are in play for the later years of life. I want people to know about resources because you may not need them yet, and I hope you never do, but it's better to have tools in the toolbox just in case, and you just don't know what the job is going to look like unless someone shows you, and that's the role of the ghost of Christmas yet to come in A Christmas Carol. That ghost shows a very dark, actually without ever speaking a word, shows a very dark vision of the future to Ebenezer Scrooge. And that's what it takes to finally break the ice that, that covers his cold heart and, uh, and, and make him someone who is uh, 
other focused, thinking about poor people as individuals like Tiny Tim and trying to improve lives instead of uh, just go about his single-minded pursuits. And this is really uh, something that is a real deal when it comes to planning for the later years of life because, you know, I've just lost track of the number of times I hear uh, somebody respond to kind of what I do for a living and how I predict the future because it's it's very predictable. Uh, there are statistics bearing this out: dementia, incapacity, Parkinson's, MS, ALS. Uh, you know, needing a higher level of support and care. It's all so predictable. And when people hear what I what I do and and that I'm trying to help people build a shield to uh, protect them from the costs and challenges of getting older. So often I hear somebody say something like, if I ever get dementia, just take me out and shoot me. Or, you know, just, just they just sort of write off the whole thing. And it's disheartening because the person needs the wake-up call and they haven't gotten it yet. They haven't had that vision that that finally broke through with Ebenezer Scrooge seeing his gravestone being visited by no one, the people actually celebrating that he was gone because he was such a miserable person. And, and I'm not saying, you know, anybody listening uh, is is acting or living like Scrooge. I'm saying it takes that kind of wake-up call. And unfortunately, that wake-up call all too often happens uh, in sort of a, you know, sink-or-swim kind of education. You're thrown into the deep end of the pool. And who am I talking about? The adult children, usually, sometimes a spouse. So dad, uh, you know, gets taken to the hospital. The hospital says dad can't go home after a stroke. Dad needs physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy. Dad may have now impaired memory. He might need memory care. And now, not only is the family thrown for a loop because they're worried about dad's well-being, but, you know, they get sticker shock because now for the first time ever, they're thinking, well, how do we deal with dad's IRAs, his uh, 401k? How do they won't talk to us? How do we deal with the insurance company where dad has a life insurance policy? They won't talk to us, not even the spouse. And you think, well, you know, I'm married. It's a legal arrangement. Why won't you talk to me? That's the way the rule book plays out. You have to have legal planning. You have to have a power of attorney. That's the key that opens so many doors, but people don't think power of attorney. Even if they think estate planning, all they're thinking about is a will nine times out of ten. They want to leave their stuff to children or to somebody else. And I get it. That's, you know, that's sort of in our DNA to take care of the next generation. But you have to imagine that the future, however uh, bleak it might sound, is kind of likely to include incapacity, you know, and I, I don't think that's as bleak a future as what the ghost of Christmas yet to come showed to Ebenezer Scrooge, but it, you know, it can be managed, but it's a whole lot easier if you back away from that vision of the future and you have legal planning like a power of attorney. Uh, from the story I told you before the break, you might strongly consider some sort of asset protection trust if keeping land or at least the whole value of the land in your family is something that that matters to you after working hard for it, after being disciplined about your savings and your spending. 
if taking care of your family uh, in your mind means I'm going to have a will and I'm just going to leave stuff to them, well, you're making a big assumption. You're, you're thinking you're actually going to have anything when you pass away. Uh, the 90-some-year-old woman I mentioned, you know, she has a will, but it's meaningless at this point. She ran out of money because of the care that is so predictable for everyone, and she needed it. And so now there's nothing left to go through the will. She's going to have to uh, sell that piece of land because it was never protected in a trust. Uh, fortunately, I believe there was a power of attorney. That that makes things a whole lot easier because decisions can be made on her behalf. This is the vision of the future that I'm telling people about because do you really want to learn about this when it's a crisis? Uh, you know, I try to, in, in dribs and drabs, I, I, I give you little visions week in and week out with this show. I bring on subject matter experts in other areas to give you a glimpse of what the future could look like from their perspective. Uh, when I teach seminars and, and do these weekly online workshops, I'm giving you the vision of the future so that you it clicks and the light bulb goes off and you say, boy, I, I need to do a whole lot more than have a will I need to make sure that there's there will be something there to go through the will. I need to do asset protection. And that's why, of course, I think the middle class needs asset protection more than anybody. You know, if this higher level of care comes along and you're Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg, you know, they have the same likelihood of needing long-term care or having a stroke or having dementia as anybody else. But I don't think 14000 a month scares them one bit. They'll, they'll pay that no problem. And if you are one of the less fortunate who, you know, you don't have two nickels to rub together, well, you're going to be Medicaid eligible pretty much right off the bat. It doesn't matter uh, how you managed money in the past or didn't manage money or if you never earned any money. You're just automatically eligible. But the middle class, those people who work hard, you know, you you followed the rules, you maybe you went through school, you got a good job, you worked hard, you saved some money. You know, you wouldn't consider yourself fantastically wealthy, but you have, you know, you're you're content and you you're living a comfortable life, and you want your kids to as well. Uh, certainly, your your spouse, if you get sick, you want that person taken care of. Well, without any planning, it's a pretty bleak future. Something that uh, Charles Dickens would have a lot to say about, and the the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry to say, as your elder law attorney is saying, this is how it turns out, and this is what you need to do now for a better, brighter future. That's the that's the hope of all of this. Um, you know, our website has an awful lot of articles. It has videos. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. If you just search YouTube for Keystone Elder Law, you know, you'll you'll find these four minute videos where I'm just uh, talking to my phone. Uh, and answering questions that real-life people ask in my office all the time. And I, every time it's asked, I'm thinking, gosh, there must be so many other people out there asking the same thing. So I'm taking uh, advantage of modern technology. I, I record myself answering the question. I put it out there. Take advantage of that. There, there's no charge for that. It's all free, and it's because I don't want you to end up with, you know, the Jacob Marley situation where, boy, there are regrets. There's the heavy chains and coin boxes weighing you down, and you can't do anything about it. You know, I see these stories playing out, and it's not just money, by the way, and I don't mean to stress money and property and protect what you have, although that's very important to a lot of people. 
think about the emotional toll on your family, you know, going through this. And I, cause I see it, I see the pained expressions on their face. I see the worry. I see the, the adult children thinking, am I going to have to dig into my pockets and, and help pay for mom or dad uh, when I'm I'm already worried about paying for college for my own kids or or just making sure the bills are paid. Uh, you know, it, we're living in, in tough times, inflation and everything else. But, you know, there are things you can do as a gift to your family, uh, the planning ahead, because you start to see the vision of the future and the way the rules work. You know, do you want to be like the 90-year-old woman and have to sell everything and, and lose everything you worked so hard for? Uh, those who attend my my seminars and, and workshops hear me talking about uh, a person, and I give him a name. He could be any one of my previous clients who had no incapacity planning whatsoever. Nobody could pay his bills. Nobody could get into his accounts. You know, that's that's a that's an emotional mess for the family waiting to happen as well. So take this to heart. Let this be. Uh, the the ghost of Christmas yet to come, encouraging you to have a clear vision of the future, uh, both the future if you do nothing, if you do no planning, if you've never been motivated to sit down and work this all out and have it behind you, and the, fi- and the, the, the future that is better if you do. We'll be back for more of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, your host, Patrick Colley. I'm speaking today about the ghost of Christmas yet to come, the ghost of Christmas future, who broke through to Ebenezer Scrooge and gave him a vision that was absolutely dramatic and life changing. And I'm trying to draw an analogy, which I think works. It works in my mind to the kind of work that I do for a living and that many other people who I bring on as guests uh, on this show do for a living. We're trying to show a better way, a better future. But this show isn't just about legal planning, although I think when you see what I see, uh, it's kind of like if, if, and I've said this before, if, if I worked in a dentist's office, I'd probably floss you know, 20 times a day, you know, if I if I worked in uh, a cardiologist's office, I would probably make uh, even more dramatic changes to my diet than I already have after speaking with them on this show. You know, it, it's when when you see the way things can turn out, you live a better present, you know, it's because you want a better future. So this show isn't just about legal planning. Um, when you see the future, you're going to make better decisions, and it's not just about you. You make the most of the time that you spend with family and friends during the holidays because you are building lasting memories, because if you get really busy and you blow off this this tradition or this gathering because uh, you have other things to do, well, you know, what does the future look like for that relationship? What did you lose out on in uh, enriching the life of another person, having your life enriched by that memory. Maybe you have traditions or rituals that you will observe with your family uh, during the holidays. And traditions can be events that that require a lot of planning and preparation. Maybe there's some extravagant meal that is only prepared on a certain day of the year, whether it's pork and sauerkraut and everything else, or whether your family has some special tradition 
Uh, but, it, you know, a tradition can also be simple. It can be uncomplicated, um, you know, like a bedtime ritual with a child, something that simple. But this is the stuff of life, and this is sort of the why of all of it. So even when I'm telling people about planning for a future, it's so you don't have the burden of that. And so, uh, you know, you can secure the ability to build these memories in the future, and you can then have that off the back of your mind uh, if you sit down and do this, now you, you, it's taken care of, and, and you can enjoy the present. But one thing that reminds me of when we talk about traditions and spending time with people, I mean, num- a couple things. Number one, and I've had guests on the program to talk about this in, from one perspective or another, it's an opportunity to look for ways to provide support. So I've had people on this show as guests who are in Uh, assisted living or personal care communities that are offering a wonderful environment that's better than isolation. It's better than loneliness for people who need that level of support and camaraderie and socialization. Uh, Maybe they need a little bit of extra help with uh, having food prepared, medication delivered to them, uh, you know, all of that. I've had people who provide home care where they go into the home because people don't want to leave their homes if they don't have to, and that might be a, an appropriate solution. Um, just last week, I had some folks talking about the LIFE program, a wonderful program where maybe even Medicaid will pay for it. Uh, I can teach you how to get Medicaid eligible, and that might be the way to provide care and support for a loved one. But look for these opportunities to be helpful Look for these solutions uh, as being possibly relevant to the older adults in your life. As you see people who uh, just need that extra level of support, there's so many different options and way more than there were in previous generations, which is why I have all of these guests on the program uh, to to explain these innovative changes in ways to support uh, what is generally an aging demographic in Pennsylvania. While you're at it, maybe you're having that uh, traditional meal that your family looks forward to and everybody brought one piece of it. And But, you know, probably mom, because, you know, moms are good at this. She's making that really special dish or that special pie. Get out your phone and record how mom does it and ask her questions. Sit down with dad. Ask him about what's going on with him. Maybe ask him about his childhood Your grandchildren will thank you for that because just as I'm getting on webinar technology once a week to teach people and I'm on this wonderful uh, radio show and and podcast platforms, you know, this is here and there are previous generations, you know, they would have loved to have this. Um, I'll tell you, last Christmas, a cousin of mine uh, unearthed this tape recording of a beloved uncle of ours discussing our family history. Um, He discussed going off to World War II, both he and his brother, and uh, leaving his, their their, their father stayed at home, and I have these these keepsakes. Uh, He whittled from solid blocks of wood these elaborate uh, carvings, and he did it so he wouldn't think about his two boys uh, in harm's way in World War II. But uh, I had... uh, this not only a picture of my great-grandfather, the one actually working on those blocks of wood, then I had a tape recording of one of his sons discussing going off to World War II, 
Uh, he also discussed his childhood, the family history, you know, who moved where and where they lived. And again, with modern technology, I was able to do a Google search and see the actual house uh, where my grandparents and great-grandparents lived. Um it was just amazing. And you can do the same thing. And there's even services out there who will store this recording forever because now instead of just a hard copy photo album, you can not only uh, you can see them in motion, you can hear their voice, uh, hearing the voice of, of my long lost uh, uncle now um, and hearing this uh, description of his life was as moving as it was informative, you know. The, the the ghost of Christmas yet to come would show you a future when maybe the people at your, your Christmas dinner table are no longer around. How does that change how you spend time with them now? If it's just a matter of sitting down and recording a conversation and getting them talking about stories that future generations would love to have uh, and actually not just see a photo album uh, picture of that person, but uh, but hear their voice. Uh, see their mannerisms, you know, that's what, that's what we can do these days. And I encourage you to take this time to be supportive, look for ways to be helpful and record the good memories, record uh, what this is really all about. You know, it's too easy to get discouraged these days, to get cynical or hopeless. Social media and the news are all too often designed to feed you doom and gloom, you know, and, and sometimes that's just uh, news of the Eagles losing to the Cowboys or, or you know, it's the economy going downhill or whatever it is. But, you know, then you're going to be fed more of that. Well, for those who take this kind of thing to heart, you have a choice. And it's the same choice that Ebenezer Scrooge had. Do you decide to uh, become disheartened, isolated, to just stay focused on what you want to do when you want to do it? Or do you decide to live in a present time when other people's needs become the focus of every waking moment of your life? Because when you do that, as Scrooge found out, what do you know? You become happier about life. You know, you, you, you improve dramatically the life of Tiny Tim and somehow that makes you happier. It's your choice, especially when you know there are options. So tying it together when it comes back to a vision of the future, yes, I think we have uh, a system of health care. I think we have uh, government rules governing that health care system that would make Charles Dickens so livid that he would write a classic, kind of like A Christmas Carol, but, but taking on this system. It's a burden on the middle class. It will cost you everything and also put an emotional toll on your family. I encourage you to learn more about that vision of the future. Get really, really clear on what the future will look like for your family. The workshops I provide, and go to keystoneelderlaw.com and use the workshops tab to get registered or look for a mailer about a seminar. That's what I'm trying to accomplish I so appreciate the people who listen to this show, and I I hope you understand my mission, which is to be the ghost of Christmas yet to come, so that that bleak vision that Ebenezer Scrooge got, the vision of Jacob Marley, that that's not part of your future, because you got the vision with enough time to make changes. It's our choice, and when you know the options, you can make a better choice for a better future. 
that's my wish for all of you. And uh, I, I hope you'll continue listening to the Later in Life Planning Show as we head into 2024. I'll be here week in and week out being the, the ghost of Christmas future for all of you. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. God bless us, everyone.